podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of the Stretty Cast. This is the final, I suppose, Premier League review of the season. Um, we won't be recording throughout the summer, but we will have episodes throughout the Europa League um, when that resumes in a week or so. So we have two writers on with me today. We've got Ben Parsons, who's been writing for Stretty News pretty much nearly a year now. Ben, how are you keeping? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on, mate. Yeah, great to have you. First podcast. And we have Leah, who will be a familiar voice on the podcast. Um, Leah, reflect a small bit what you feel, basically, after clinching that third spot. Yeah, I just think, I feel like, you know, relief kind of thing. Like, you know, pressures, the pressure that we've, that's been building since restart has, has finally come to a head. And we can all kind of relax now, breathe a sigh of relief. Ben, when you, when, when you look at this season as a whole and how we started and how we had our kind of blips and we bounced back, how how, how do you see Solskjaer's job in his first full season in charge? I think he's done well. He's You've got to say he's done well. I think with what he's been given, I don't think he was backed by the ball until January when Bruno arrived. I think we we're, were struggling so much against these smaller teams and he's shown that with the right players, he can get the job done. I don't think with the squad we've got, we could do better than third this season. So as much as it was a surprise, maybe in January that we get third, I think overall you've got to look at it positively. And now it's up to the board for to obviously back him this summer. Leah, there was a point this season where I think most of us would have thought that our only route into the Champions League was by winning the Europa League. Although we still want to go out and win that, um, is there more kind of a relaxed feeling around the whole situation that the players can go out now, do their best, enjoy it, without having that cloud above them that you haven't finished in the top four and you need this to win the Champions League, or to get into the Champions League even? Yeah, definitely, 100%. I think... um... I think that's a competition now which we'll probably use to to give um, a few younger players a chance, a bit of a run out, as well as the players that didn't feature so much um, during the the Premier League um, restarting. So I I see that as a is a it's a bonus. It's a couple of extra games bonus. I don't expect us to go hell for leather for it though. Not now. Obviously, Ben, we went to the our first game back in the Europa League with a five nil advantage with, a, with their away goals too against Lask. Um, Solskjaer commented last week about that and said that it's different to go into a game even with two or three away goals because you still kind of almost feel that the tie is still open. Um, obviously, he's going to play a lot of the young lads in that game, but touching on what Leah just said, do you think he will go hell for Letterford? Do you think he will start his best players once that game against Lasker is, is finished? Yeah, I think Solskjaer will see this as a great opportunity. I think he sub- sort of subscribes to the Ferguson mentality, like win every trophy you can. I think obviously it was a shame to see the lineup put out again in the FA Cup, but you've got to win the trophy season as Manchester United manager. And I think if as, as long as the players are up for it and they're feeling in good shape, I, ca- I can't see why. Three games, I think Wolves, Roma, into Milan is sort of the hardest route to get to the final. I think we've got a great chance and I think he'll use his best players as a pre-season. Yeah, and I, th- I, th- I think as well as that, Solskjaer, it's always very helpful to win a trophy in your first season, especially when you're Man United manager, because if you go two years without a trophy, people really do start asking questions. Bruno Fernandes touched on that yesterday about the about finishing in third, and he said, it's not. I didn't really come here for that. I came here to win, win trophies, and a player like that is going to want to win the Europa League, of course. Um, but but, but Lee, when, when you mentioned he might not go for hell for letter for it, do you not get that aspect that he does need a trophy? It's it's great finishing third, it's great being back in the Champions League. But as you've seen yesterday, it's not really a case for United players to celebrate because they should be um, challenging for titles. And 
we, we can't really kind of over elaborate on getting into the Champions League. That's not what we're about. I, I think um, I think any other season, and I think this like what Ben said. I think it's a great opportunity to to bag a, a European title. But I think what a lot of people are forgetting is when the Europa League finishes this season, you've only got two weeks, and then we're into the next Premier League season. That's my only concern. And I think the way that we've seen players dip off. I mean, we look knackered. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. We look. At- dead on our feet I would be very surprised if Solskjaer put all his eggs in, in one basket and said absolutely just go for it let's win a tight uh, let's win the the Europa League knowing well that just a fortnight later he's going to have to start a new Premier League season I just I, I, I don't think it will happen like that do you think Ben that it'll help us with what Leah's saying she's probably right and so that will be in the back of Solskjaer's mind yeah. because next season is what Solskjaer's looking at he's spoken about the journey doesn't end on Sunday we're getting into the Champions League it's about catching up with City and and Liverpool but saying that do you feel that the other teams in the Europa League would be thinking similar that although a few of them maybe have to win the Europa League to get into the Champions League there might be another couple of clubs that are in a similar boat to us and are thinking about going on in the league next year yeah, I mean, you look at Wolves, they're a potential opposition in the semi-finals, aren't they? I think they'll see it as a great opportunity. See, I can't see them fielding a weaker team because obviously they can get into the Champions League if if they qualify. I think it'll be a difficult tournament if we select a, sort of a second eleven. I think we've seen sort of time and time again how we can't rely on our sort of peripheral players this season. And if Solskjaer does want to win it, he sort of will have to, as sort of leader says, take the gamble and... Um, picking his better players. Just as we're touching on this, Leah, you look at the teams left in the Europa League, and I'm just looking on my phone. There's there's three teams in there from the Bundesliga: Leverkusen, Frankfurt, and Wolfsburg. Um, yeah. They've their season finished just under a month ago, really. Um, do you feel that they'll have an advantage going into this with a with a big, better rest? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, it goes without saying. Um, I think the rest period has 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 put Leverkusen probably favourites. And also, it came out today that I think Chelsea they must be kind of on the verge of signing Kai Havertz because um, Leverkusen don't expect him to to play in the remainder of that tournament, which I I, I think is interesting because surely if 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 their plan was to go and win that, they would be saying to Chelsea, "You can sign him," but after the Europa League um, is finished, because I remember certain deals that we've we've had in the past um, with players, clubs would almost come back. Like for instance, um, in the, in January, he had Bruno Fernandez, and it was being reported in two weeks that he'll sign after this game or after this game, and it, it yeah, was almost true. as if Lisbon um, were saying that we're, we want to get this game over the hurdle first. And I, I'm surprised by Leverkusen having that stance. Because it's, it, that, that, that does tell me that the deal is probably on the verge of happening. Um, there's no way that he'll still be a, a Leverkusen player and they won't be playing him in, in the Europa League. But reflecting more again on the Premier League seasons, that's what I kind of want to talk about. That's what's wrapped up now. There were times this season, and I mentioned it, that there was blips, bad form, and there was even a stage before Christmas where people were questioning how long Solskjaer would last. Um, Pochettino's name was doing the rounds again and you look now Pochettino's name is not doing the rounds it's, it's, it's not even being mentioned at all but Ben how close was his name to being mentioned yesterday if you know, it didn't get the result they needed I think the ball have made the decision that they're going to back him either way I think I think William mentioned we won't go hell for weather I think if, if the result had gone badly yesterday I think we would have gone hell for weather in the Europe League back in Solskjaer I think, I think the clubs see a long term there, because you think if they got rid of him, I don't know if you guys remember that the toxic toxicity in Old Trafford after the Burnley game in January. Mm-hmm. Like you sort of you couldn't see how he was going to survive after that. I mean, the, the fans were going at the Glazers and Ed Woodward. There was about six. I was in the ground that night. There was about sixty thousand there. There was no direction. The football was poor. And then a week later, Bruno Fernandes arrives, and it's probably doing a disservice to the fan base to say they forgot about the abuse uh, the Glazers and Ed Woodward but there's suddenly a feel good factor back and that's carried on throughout all the all the rest of the season and hopefully it'll carry on into next season uh, I think Solskjaer's in it for the long haul now as yeah. 
I often refer to on, on the podcast as my uh, my journeys on Twitter. Um, and d- during the week, Miguel Delaney just tweeted that he doesn't think like there's been times this season where he doesn't he doesn't think maybe Solskjaer has shown that he's tactically the mo- the best manager, which I think I, I'd agree with. Um, but it it is interesting how he still has all players on side. You know, there was such bad times this season, but the players do seem to really enjoy and love playing under him. Leah, do you think going into the transfer market that'll speak volumes now? Because when he first got the job, people were arguing that the big players, best players out there, don't know who Solskjaer is. Um, now, <laughs> now you look at it and you see that Bruno Fernandez is coming. He's hit the ground running. He's enjoying playing for Manchester United. All of a sudden, Anthony Martial has learned how to, <laughs> to smile after twenty or so years on earth. Um, it's a happy place, as Ben says. Do you think the best players will now start to want to come to Manchester United again? Who said they don't know who Solskjaer is? Oh, just, just a, a bad opinion that was expressed when when he got the job. Terrific. <laughs> of course, people would argue that Manchester United have the pull power to attract anyone, but I think it does stand in fairness if you have Solskjaer asking for a player with a lack of managerial experience. And then this, for the same player, Pep Guardiola comes knocking. The player, the players are attracted to the successful managers. But what I'm, what I'm saying to you, do you think after this season that Solskjaer has proven that he's not just as, again, some people would say a PE teacher, and that he is actually a manager that's leading one of the biggest clubs in the world in the right direction? Yeah, I mean, everyone's got to start somewhere. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, what, what, what was Pep's first job? Was it Barcelona? Yeah. Right, OK, so... That proves my point. You know, did, did did Messi decide to move from Barcelona because he had a manager who didn't win anything? Good point. No, yeah, stuck with, you know, and so I, I hate that argument. I, I hate it. Um, but you know, I think, I think he isn't going to be as tactically experienced as, um, you know, say your Guardiola's, your Mourinho's, your your, your Pochettino's, even whoever. But one thing he definitely does have over the rest is maybe with the exception of Klopp, maybe, is his man management. You can see it. It's very clear. You know, he's he's got everybody on board. You know, there's there's been no negativity around the camp. You know, we haven't got Paul Pogba reportedly stirring up shit. You know, um, Martial happy, Rashford happy. I mean, Rashford's going out and doing these things, with, you know, in the community, the, you know, the club. But, you know, everyone's in a good light at the minute. And I think that is a, that is sort of credit to Solskjaer, definitely. Yeah. Uh, just as a sorry, Dale. Just as a caveat to what Leah just said, I think when we say in Solskjaer might not be as tactically astute, and obviously he's very early on in his managerial career. I think he's beaten Lampard a couple of times this season. He's beaten Guardiola a couple of times this season. We've only actually I saw, read the start this morning. We've only actually lost three games to pick sides in the top ten. So I think in a one-off game, he can deliver a, 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 um, tactics that can do the job. But I think it's just about getting the players that can do it over the whole season. So I think it, the the transfer market's crucial this summer. I think yeah, people that... are almost coming institutionalised too um, as a result of some of the stuff we watch on television, football punditry. And I seen a tweet last night replying to Scott Patterson, who worked at Mancunia. He, he puts something up defending Solskjaer and his football this season. And someone said that how Manchester United need to have an elite manager with a philosophy. And it just made me think a small bit. It's like people are being are almost totally buying into this idea nowadays that these foreign managers come in, um, Louis Van Gaal, Pep Guardiola, and they have philosophies. Um, what was Sir Alex Ferguson's philosophy? He didn't really have a philosophy of a way to play. It, it was it was almost like. It almost defeats the argument that you need that philosophy. It, it's ridiculous. Not every manager has to sing from the same branch. Being different is often a good thing. Um, and I don't think Soldier has a particular way to play. Because you've even seen that when, when he first got the job, there was all these clickbait articles um, surfacing, basically saying how Manchester United will line up based on how Soldier lined up at Mulde and previous clubs. You don't really know. Um, look at Carlo Ancelotti. It's not really a philosophy. He goes to clubs. He plays. He plays in a manner that he feels is best for the players that he has. And I think yeah. I, I think Solskjaer is quite similar to that. I think Alex Ferguson will be quite similar to that too. Um, and it, it, it's probably less less trouble for a football club too if you've got a manager willing to do that. Because if you've got someone coming in, even Jose Mourinho would have a particular way to play. He demands then that the club um, buys around his philosophy. 
or buys around that's, what he does. That disrupts the club then. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's why we've been left in a position six or seven years later where we've got players like of all different types and styles because they're like they're like the leftovers from all of these different managers and i think where Solskjaer differs uh, to your Mourinho's and your uh, van Hals, etc is his he doesn't have a philosophy he has a culture and they're two very different things you know he builds um or he's appearing to build this this mentality and this happiness with it within a camp rather than a Mourinho who would come in and he'll only have, you know, six foot plus, you know, strong defenders, you know, that kind of thing. Solskjaer is different to that. And I actually, I actually prefer it. I think too, Solskjaer really suits Manchester United because thinking about just this particular topic, you look at the size of Manchester United, and I think it's a big issue with football nowadays too, is that managers, the the perception of managers, their, their ego, their, the whole idea of a football manager it's totally different to what it was, say, when Alex Ferguson took over Manchester United in the 80s. Because you have managers that have almost this kind of profile, that they're really, really big deals. They're, they're super celebrities. You have Pep Guardiola, Jose Mourinho, and they come into clubs and they almost have too much power. Ferguson had to, had to build, had to work and show, show, show what he was doing, trophies, <coughs> to get the power he had at Manchester United. You don't just walk into a job and have the keys to the town. So I think Mourinho comes in, the clubs almost feel they have to buy players to suit him. With, with Solskjaer, I don't think the club has done that, but they have a manager who will get the best out of the players, which is what Pochettino did for a period of time at, at, at Spurs and Southampton. And he's, he is doing that. As Ben said, third place this season. We know we're miles off City and Liverpool. We finished probably where, where, where we would all hope to have finished. And next season, it's about building on that. Ben, this season we've seen Lampard um, Arteta get jobs in the Premier League. Lampard, I don't think, got anywhere near enough criticism at the beginning of the campaign. Um, not the same question. No, they started sound, but not the same questions that Solskjaer got even after his unbeaten run. Then you had Arteta, which comes back to what I said about the the profile of managers because he learned under Guardiola. He was this mm. mega tactician. He wasn't exactly a PE teacher like Solskjaer was christened. Um, but results speak volumes. You know, does, does, this, does this prove that people are fed a lot of shit? Um, and before Arteta was managing, he was the second coming of Guardiola. Yeah, I mean, I think to be fair to Arsenal, they're in big trouble, aren't they? You think we're a million miles off Liverpool and City, you just have to, they're another million miles off us. So they've got a long way to go. I think it has been interesting sort of the representation of Lampard compared to Solskjaer this season. I mean, it's easy to forget United have finished ahead of um, Chelsea this season compared to where we were at one stage. I think, obviously, you'd say Lampard's had a better season if they win the FA Cup next week. But I think it's interesting. I don't, I don't, I don't see Lampard as any more tactically astute than Solskjaer. I think Solskjaer's got his number on him. Obviously, not in the FA Cup the other week, but I sort of, sort of think our priorities were a bit jumbled in the FA Cup. But... Yeah, I think it will be interesting next season to see how, how of those three, how we all do. I think if we win the Europa League this season, I think Solskjaer's had the best season out of the three of them. Definitely. It'll come down to then the FA Cup with Chelsea too. If they can win the FA Cup and we don't win the Europa League, there'll be, there'll be a lot of talk about it. But I think you have to show consistency in the league to where we want to get to. We've shown we haven't shown consistency by any by any means, but we've proven by finishing third. We've shown a, le- a step ahead ahead of Chelsea um, by finishing a place above them. Leah, I want to speak um, briefly on the players that we all think should be moved on. Um, but before we get on that, three signings that you'd like Manchester United to make. So maybe before you name the three signs, I'll give you a chance to think about it. Three areas first that we need, we really need to strengthen in if we're to make any ground on the title race. Um, Centre-back, um, defensive midfielder, striker. Who's your centre-back? I don't know, it's difficult because... So do you want me to be realistic, or do you just want me to be realistic? Like, realistic, because it, 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 COVID nineteen is going to impact the market. United are going to use that to explain why they don't back Solskjaer. Um, <laughs> so be as realistic as you can. 
I don't know. It's 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 really tough. Um, I mean, I don't. Well, you've I got really... you've got you've got former Tottenham midfielder Jermaine Janus urging United to sign Yang Patangna in the summer. Um, no, it, that wouldn't be the right signing. It wouldn't be the right signing. I, 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 it'd be free, wouldn't he? He's out. He's out of contract this 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 summer. Yeah. Um, I just don't think it'd be the right signing for us. We're trying to build something where, or what I think, a player can come in and um, be moulded. Vertonghen's the other side of that, you know, the other side of his career now. Um, he wouldn't be the right sign-in for me. I don't know. I think maybe, oh, maybe Koulibaly. Maybe. I think he's probably out of the ones that are um, available. Probably Koulibaly. You, you, you see as well, when we say realistic, I don't think that's unrealistic because you look at the areas that we need strengthening. I think we should spend big on a centre-back and spend big on getting in a star like Sancho. If the club are serious about making ground next season, that's what they go and do. Um, and you can also see that Chelsea had a transfer ban last year. And before anyone says that, oh, that makes Lampard's position stronger in the league, it doesn't because Chelsea were in a lot stronger position than Manchester United for the past few years um, with a better squad. They have they've maybe not better individual players in the United in every part of the pitch, but they have more squad depth. We've seen that in the FA Cup. Um, so when we talk about the players we want to shift on later on, we need to consider that about squad depth. We can't lose too many players if they don't quite um, tickle your fancy, but we need to sign better players. And I think Koulibaly is a good show. I think they really need a centre-back that, like Maguire, is good at coming out with the ball, but is quicker. They need someone quicker and someone reliable yeah. with a head in, head in their shoulders. And I you think I think they need after... experience too. I don't think they need someone to be moulded. I think they need someone to come in and do it now. Mm, yeah, you're probably right actually thinking about that. But what I was going to say was, after yesterday's performance, I would argue that we need someone to partner Lindelof, not Maguire. Yeah, I was gonna. Yes, I was gonna go on to that. I think um, Dale. I think I think you were on the paddock the other the other week. I think you made a really good point that. Sort of the, the fan base is crying out for a new partner for Harry Maguire, mm. but I'd argue since the, since the restart window, I've outperformed Maguire. I thought he was outstanding yesterday. I gave him my man of the match yesterday. But I'm not not saying that Maguire should necessarily be dropped, but we definitely need competition for the two. And I, I'd agree that we need an experienced one, whether that be sort of Ron Magnolia, AC Milan, or Koulibaly, one of those sort of players. Well, the guy at AC Milan is of course being mentioned a lot. He's had a few. Muscle injuries this season, which straight away makes me think, oh, typical Man United side. And then we'll get him in and we'll miss him for half the next season. We'll be complaining. That's why we were struggling to get four plays. Um, but it's just they need, they need, they need, they need a good centre back. They, I think Mourinho was in an unfortunate spot when he got the job. It could have been a lot, lot different had they signed a top centre back that summer instead of spending thirty million on both Lindelof and Bali. Um, that led to to trouble following summer too because when he wanted to go and sign a top centre back, Woodward's response was along the lines of, "Well, we spent sixty million already on two, and they haven't quite worked out. So why should we listen to you?" Um, yeah, I think as much as Woodward has his faults, though, I don't think signing Jerome Boateng at the start of the prices that were quoting would, would have been a good idea. No, anyway. no, and he's another injury-prone defender, and he's one too that was best was, was like gone beyond his best. Um, again, like I keep saying, you look at the signings that Liverpool have made in the recent years to get to the level they're at. They weren't signing these flushed players. They weren't signing players that oh, they're gone beyond their best, and we're just going to get them in on the cheap. They got players on the cheap, but the players, those players, are under the radar. That proves that with good scouting, that United can go out there and almost get a win, a title winning team by not signing the top top targets. Look at Andrew Robertson, eight, eight million from a relegated Hull City side, um, and who would have thought two or three years later we'd be talking about arguably one of the best fullbacks in Europe, um, which I, th- I, th- I think is, a, is a, would be a fair comment. It's, it's funny, two of Celtic, two of not Celtic, two of um, Scotland's best players both play. As fullbacks, yeah, yeah, aren't they? That's quite an that's quite an interesting point, Dale. How um, Liverpool got to got Robertson from a relegated side? Would you guys be um, interested? Obviously, this Grealish managed to stay up yesterday, but would you guys be interested in any of the 
the Bournemouth players like David Brooks. I know Josh King was mentioned. He's not someone I personally go for. But there's Brooks. There's Harry Wilson. There's a few. There's a few good players. I, I, I definitely take Nathan Ake. I'm not saying yeah. Nathan Ake to come in uh, and be Harry Maguire's partner, but we're losing Chris Small. Chris Smallin. We're hopefully going to be getting rid of Phil Jones in the summer. And even uh-huh. if we, if Anarojo, there's three, so they're going to need to sign two centre backs. Um, and Nate Nake could be a defender coming, could pleasantly surprise people for the case, case of thirty million or so. Um, he's shown great promise. I think a lot of Chelsea fans, if you asked them, would be would tell you that if he was there this season, he would have been starting games. Um, he's better than what they actually have, even though they got rid of him. Another player you mentioned, um, Lee, our position was a defensive midfielder. Who sparked your interest there? Uh, if I would, personally, I would break the bank for um, Ndidi. Okay, a Premier League proven midfielder. You see that that that's that's another thing is we have to realise too the benefit of bringing up someone that was already in the Premier League because not all players settle as quickly as Bruno Fernandes. You know, another player actually like probably more realistic and definitely would be cheaper. He scored yesterday actually is Eve Spasuma from for Brighton. I actually think he's very good. I'm not. It's difficult because are you are you, are you, are you friends with his agent or something? <laughs> minute, I'll have to get my phone. <laughs> Who's whose agents are you not friends with? <laughs> nah, um, I actually, I actually think I he scored a screamer yesterday. To be fair, but um, no, I think he's very good. I actually think he's probably one of the most underrated players in the league. Um, you know, he plays for Brighton. He doesn't. You know, he's never first up on match of the day and all that. But I, I, I would take him definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I think we. I think when you're when you're going through the selections, you, ha- you have to be realistic, and they probably are because if they're going to spend big on a centre back and they're going to spend big on Sancho, I don't think they're going to spend massive money on a defence midfielder. I think they might get in someone that's younger than Matic, with potential, yeah. um, yeah. and and as kind of the study guide because it, McTominay is also studying for Matic, but there's no guarantee, as we've seen in the past, because someone shows promise, there's no real guarantee that they'll ever be will ever be good enough to be a regular starter and I hope McTominay is um, it's very difficult for a player to come into games when you're not starting regularly and all the other players around you have kind of a sense of momentum flow about them from playing matches regularly and you kind of step in it's hard to perform Did, was a third option you mentioned Lee a striker yeah just just an attacker but but probably more more towards um, an out and out striker rather than a winger anyone taking their fancy you're, you're leaving out Sancho then for me, he's not a priority for me. Okay. Like I'd like to have him. Like I would like to see United line up with him. But like you said, it's like we've got to be realistic. Like we can't just keep pulling money from you know somewhere. And I just think that there's other places on the pitch which we could, um, which we need to invest in. Where you're centre back, a defensive midfielder, and then put, I mean, Agallo's going to go when January. January. Okay, so halfway through next. He's season, staying forever, I think. <laughs> he wants to. <laughs> He'll do it for free, mate. He sacked off like forty million. He's gonna play for free. He's like Oxfam Agarlo. Um yeah, I think he'll survive on hundred and fifty K a week though, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um so halfway through next season, Agarlo's going to uh, gonna go back um to China. And who 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 do we have to, to cover for, for Martial? Like there there isn't anyone. you know, Marcus Rashford can play centre, Greenwood can play centre, but it do you know what I mean? I just think we need we need an out and out striker. Definitely. I don't know who I'd sign. I don't know. I can't. Striker is really difficult because there there aren't the the ones that are good are never available. <laughs> I think they should go for Jonathan David at Kent. Um, there's talk of of Leeds showing an interest in him, and he showed great promise even in the Europa League this year, banging in goals. He's a real goal threat, and he's young. Um, I was disappointed that we didn't put a bigger fight for Timo Werner, given how much Chelsea got him for. Um, yeah. But Ben, I think from reading stuff, I think you did, did a piece or two, or maybe it was Julia, kind of more analytical that he's more of a system player than coming in and maybe being your out-and-out centre-forward, which I think, looking at the way Solskjaer is playing, he wants someone in the box, he wants someone tapping in goals and from all sorts of angles. Yeah, I think... Um, I think Sancho's still the man. I know he's not the out-and-out striker that we are sort of asking for, but for, for a player that gets, I think he got 17 goals, 16 assists in just 25 Bundesliga games this season, something along those lines. I mean, I've written so many pieces on him recently. I know it off <laughs> by heart, but um, 
Yeah, I still think he's the man. I think Solskjaer plays with a fluid system. I think he really does back Martial. I, I think Liam makes a good point that when a guy leaves, we could be short. But then we were short again this season, weren't we, when we when we saw Romelu Lukaku and I guess we sort of got away with it. With Martial got 22 goals, was it, this season? Mm-hmm. I think if he can replicate that and build on that, I think he's the number nine for the future and I think Sancho would compliment him brilliantly. I just, I don't know, I can't... I agree, I do agree, but I just... Part of me thinks that the Sancho deal is not going to happen, and I don't. I can't put my finger on what it is. I don't know. I just. I can't. I think. I don't know. I. If I, I, I really think there's too much smoke, um, and you look at the other clubs that were kind of linked to them in the past few months. They've really kind of stepped off because of the whole pandemic, and like even you look at Pogba. Um, any talk Juventus and Juventus or Real Madrid is completely dead. And trust yeah. me, that's not because he's turned around and told Manchester United, please don't sell me. Um, that's because financially those clubs can't buy him. I think Sancho is is probably looking at his options and there's only one there if he's to leave Bristol Dortmund. So I think, I can't see the deal not happening from that point I of view. Yeah. I, I, I think United will have will almost know Sancho's situation and not be bullied into paying way too much. Um, and it is a buyer's market too. And just, just I, I do agree that they need a centre-forward, but thinking more about how Solskjaer likes to kind of fluid attack. If you look at what we have currently, we've Mason Greenwood who's playing on the right, and I think the future he's going to be a centre-forward and he's learning his trade there. I don't think he should be starting week in, week out next season. I think that... Solskjaer's management of him as things stand is, is, is spot on he's brought him into games gave him a few starts at the end and you can see a player is, nur- is being nurtured so I think if Sancho came in you'd have Mason Greenwood coming in now with the team Anthony Martial has scored 22 goals this season can he build on that we're laughing Marcus Rashford who's capable of scoring the same amount of goals um, you have Daniel James there for squad depth you know, you, you have so much. So I think even in you have Vigalo till January. So if January comes and we're really lacking that centre forward, they'll do the same thing again. They'll go out and sign someone similar. But I don't think they'll need that because if Sancho comes in, Martial, Rashford, if, if they can replicate the goals they got this season, United will be in a title race if the defence can hold up strong. Yeah, well, that's why I think the midfield's such an area that we sort of need to prioritise the balls to. I know we're going to get on to sort of players who want to weave later, I mean, like Wingard and Pereira will probably be in that conversation, but I think sort of, we was touching on the defensive midfielder, I think sort of Ajax's Van der Beek, I think he can sort of kill two birds with one stone I think he can play the six role, I think he can play the eight role, and I think we, we can get him at a, a pretty good price I don't think we'd have to pay any more than 50 million for Van der Beek Do you, is, he, is he quite small Van der Beek? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, the only thing is you take Matich out of the team and as a holding midfielder I think having a bit of height is beneficial mm-hmm. and uh, you, look, you look at McTominay he's a big big unit um, so McGuire said it yesterday after the match that the big improvement that he spotted in yesterday's game is the United are defending set pieces a lot better I think Ben you covered that on the blog Um Solskjaer probably looks at that too and it, it is beneficial to have taller players and in midfield I suppose Pogba's tall Fernandez isn't Fernandez is quite small and that's why he's given the less kind of a less disciplined role to kind of roam but I think Solskjaer does like having that protection in front in his midfield and in front of a back four of Pogba being over six foot Matic being over six foot and Danny van der Beek is brilliant um, but, but he's six foot I've just looked it up he's six he foot with Six foot, but, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought he was a bit smaller, but I, I, if, if I imagine him in United's midfield, I still think we need Matic. Yeah, I think um, on Matic, um, it's interesting to see um, to think about just how important he's been this season. I mean, everyone talks about Bruno. Um, Matic was sort of like a new signing after Christmas. Anyway, he only played two Premier League games before the turn of the year, mm-hmm. and he's sort of started gone all the way through now and he's just sort of so we do need someone I think he just signed a new three year contract Matic hasn't he but we do need a long term replacement for him whether that be McTominay but we do need a player in his mould a tall a tall player who can shield the back four just before we get on to the players that we move on um, Lee are we covered a full back because Wambasaka, he's had a good season um, 
I'm not going to say an unbelievable season because there's still parts of his game that need need improving. But he's come in to Manchester United, one of the biggest clubs in the world, and he's improved an area of the team. Um, so he will be the right back next season, no question about it. At left back, we've we've seen this year competition bring up from Brandon Williams. Um, but, Luke, but Luke Shaw has come on heaps and bounds. And when he doesn't play, you can see his presence is lost in the team. But do you think we need strengthening at left back? Or if not, do we need competition at right back as well? I think eventually, yes, uh, right back. But not now, not this season. That's why I didn't list it, because it, it can't be a priority. We've got two competent players in, in either side, you know. Um, and then when, when we're talking about losing sort of two or three centre-backs, obviously a centre-back's got to take priority over a full-back. So that's why I didn't mention it. But, yeah, I think in this time next season, you know, after after the Euros, um, or during the Euros, I guess, um, we probably do need to be looking at, um, you know, a full-back. But not now. Ben, have you much hope for Timothy Ford to immense the next season? Not really, but then you wouldn't have thought he'd have come back in from the cold foot against Crystal Palace, would you? I think he's performed okay. I don't yeah. think he's the answer in the long term. I guess he can. He's sort of the third backup on both sides, isn't he, really? But you'd hope Ethan Laird would be given a chance in at right back over first two months next season. And yeah. I can't see a scenario where he's a squad player as a third choice left back either, so he might be one of the players moved on. Right, so the whole point of this podcast is to talk about the direction of Manchester United and Sochi, which is only upwards. In order to move that step forward again, we're going to have to flush out some deadwood. We've spoken about the players we'd like to see brought in, uh, or the types of players we'd like to see brought in in the summer. Leah, who's the first player for you that needs hunting? What, to go? To go. Um, I wish you'd give me some warning when you put these questions to me, mate. Right? <laughs> Just on the spot. Um, no, I'll, I'll take it off you if you want, will you? Marcos Rojo. <laughs> Definitely. Mar- Marcos Rojo for being an idiot yeah, and not quite good I, enough. I think United. he's broken lockdown more times than he's played games this season. So I don't think, I wouldn't say he's the uh, centre back solution. Yeah, I think he can, he can be one of the exit. <laughs> this summer. Um, so, I, 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 run, I run through a few, few names that I think. The media has popped up as as dead wood that are going to be flushed. Leah, Andres Pereira. Uh, go. Ben. Go. Yeah. Go. See the the, the thing with Pereira was he, was he given a contract was it a year ago. Um, at the time of scratch, but why why are you giving him a contract? He he showed lots of promise in in the U team for years, and then had had a, had a number of um ill advised loan spells. I think his agent at the time was even questioning why he went to Valencia because it was a team that had loaned several players that summer, all young players, and there was no guarantee for Pereira to, to be a starter, which he wasn't. He had an OK time at Granada, but in a very poor Granada side. He had a standout performance against Barcelona, and, and all this kind of kind of raised hope for United fans that he'd come back and, and be an exciting midfielder. He hasn't been. I, I, could, I could count on one hand the amount of games that he's, he's impressed me in, and... I wouldn't need all my fingers. He's not good enough. Didn't deserve does didn't deserve his contract um last summer and I think he got that because of squad depth and social didn't want to be short in that department. That can't be an excuse going into next season. We have to improve in areas like this in squad depth. Um and I think his his time has definitely come to go. Um uh, another player, Ben Lingard. I think Lingard's a tricky one. I think he Solskjaer might have given him his last Premier League game yesterday. I, th- I know you'd like him to stay, but I, could, I can only see Lingard going if we bring in sort of a, a Grealish, really, or someone along those lines. I think he, he can do well as a squad player. I don't think he'll be desperate to leave. But then again, we saw the reports that Mina Rael is now his agent and he is angling for a move. So we'll have to see. I, I don't think in the long term he's a player we can rely on. I think we've seen that again this season, I think. Yesterday's goal was his only goal in the league, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And just just on that quickly, so I'm going to ask Leah the same. Matter, do you think Matter should stay or be moved on? How many years has Matter got on his contract now? He's I got he's got it, one. I think he's got two. One. Yeah, I, I, I think I, the met. Sorry, sorry, Leah. Go on. I th- okay. Um, I think he's just sort of in the squad as a cheerleader at this point. Matter is 
has he even had a kick around since? I think he came on against Norwich, didn't he, after the restart? But yeah. he's, he's, Matt is a lovely guy. He's a good presence to have around. I'm not sure he warrants the, the wages he's currently on for what he does on the field. But maybe he's a good presence to have around camp with a young squad. So I don't think there's any harm in keeping him for another year. I think he definitely could have been used on Wednesday night against West Ham. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he hadn't played in a while. He's not a player you can have really have in the team week in, week out anymore. We don't need to because we have Bruno Fernandes. But I think he could definitely be used. And I reckon he's a very positive figure to have in the squad. I think people like him. I, I'd imagine he has a future in coaching too. And he's probably learning from Solskjaer and probably doing his badges right now. And he's not. I don't think he's a bad player to have around. You need experience. Um, but there is, there is a time too where these players have to be moved on. I'd... I'll explain why I keep Lingard in a moment. I keep Mata. But, um, Leah, those two mm. for you, Mata and Lingard, keep or move? Mata, Mata I'd keep for another season uh, and then let him go on a free or, you know, retire or stay on as the coach, whatever he wants to do then. But I would definitely keep him for, for next season. Uh, Lingard, I would, um, I would drive Lingard to an airport myself. <laughs> Bye, mate. <laughs> yeah, um, he spits opinion. Lingard, but yeah. I think he hasn't scored a goal or assisted a goal, uh, assisted a goal in the Premier League this season, except the the goal yesterday. Like how? Come on, right. that's just that's not United standard, is it? I want to hear your argument. I do. I think it's gonna be interesting. I think Jesse Lingard is a very handy squad player to have. Um, I thought he would have played the FA Cup semi final against Chelsea. For the reason, but we sat back, and I think he's a player that when he presses, he offers something a bit different. Um, he's got a good engine. I'm not saying he should be starting games, but he has popped up in moments for the club in the past few years, not regularly, and scored important goals. Yesterday, I think was 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 an important goal for him. Um, it gave him a confidence boost. I don't think he's been playing with confidence. I think it doesn't help that his own fans turn on him so much on social media. He's a Manchester Manchester lad. Grew up supporting the club, and I think it's it's really it would be re- really really hard if you were doing your best, and people were so so negative towards you. It doesn't help. I, I've I, I've met him once. Um, he's a humble down to earth guy. He's really really nice lad, and I always feel sorry for him. And I never ever feel that when he plays Manchester United, he doesn't put it all in. And I'm not saying he. I think he's better than than what he sh- he's shown this season. He's been poor. But I think unless we sign a Jack Grealish, Lingard should stay at Manchester United with Mata. If we get in a Jack Grealish or someone of that mould, maybe he is the player I'd move on. But I think he'd have a good career elsewhere. I I think maybe from a selfish point of view, he should leave Manchester United and try and build a career elsewhere. Because I, I, I don't understand really why United fans show so much hate towards him. I can see why fans would criticise a player and construct a criticism better performance but I think it goes beyond that with him he, if he posts a picture in a hat just smiling you look at the replies yeah. man it's, it's it's the internet is a shithole yeah just on that day I, I, I fully agree I think some of the abuse gets is disgusting I think to abuse any of our players is awful but what? particularly someone what? to come through the academy yeah what? what's the point I mean, that's social media for you isn't it well it wasn't even on social media it happened what game was he outside the bus as well? And Yay. someone was shouting something silly. But um, I think with Lingard, it's sort of a case, it would be better for both parties if he leaves. I think you touched on it. I think he will only further his career now. Yeah. He's 27. He will only further his career now if he moves maybe to a mid-table Premier League team. I can't see. Will he enjoy being a squad player for another couple of seasons in the Solskjaer? I'm not sure. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll still wants to stay at his boyhood club but I can, yeah, if, if I, he wants games he, he'll have to move elsewhere I think yeah, that, it, go ahead Leah I was just going to say like the thing is like, okay alright well, I might have been a little bit harsh but obviously I'm not talking from a personal perspective well you didn't but... say anything disgusting you didn't abuse him or anything like that you just told him you're driving to the airport that, that's a kind <laughs> that's a kind gesture yeah no he, he, he comes across like very well like, on social media and, and in interviews and things like that so I've, I've nothing against him personally I just feel that um we, if we put Lingard up for sale now, what clubs? I'm sure there'll be a lot of clubs that are going to be interested. But what clubs really are there going to be? Clubs like Bayern Munich, Paris Saint Germain, uh, Liverpool, um, Man City. You know, these are these 
Champions League clubs going to want Lingard to play for them? Are they going like they would Rashford for, for argument's sake right, or Greenwood? Right. No, he's he's not he's not he's not an elite player, so he, those clubs won't be interested. But I'd be thinking more the lines of uh, Roma. Uh, they're like a, 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 maybe one of those kind of Champions League clubs that are there right. thereabouts. I don't even think they would want him. How you? Oh God, he's there, not. There's a lot. There's a lot of if he went to Rome. There's a lot of excited about, excitement about an English international moving abroad from the Premier League, and there'd be so much media publicity about it. He's someone that that enjoys a bit of media, as you can see from his social media social accounts. Um, it would be a big marketing tool for him, and I and I think he I think he would do well in Italy. Oh God! I mean, I feel so sorry for Roma and their fans if that would be the pinnacle of their excitement. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone saw Chris Smalling having the future, did he? But he went yeah. to Roma, and he, had, he was, I think, before lockdown, he was one of the Serie A defenders of the season. So, yeah, I, 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 as much as we won't like it, I probably do agree with Dale that he can do do well in the Serie A. But, yeah, I think to further his career, I think a move would be good. I just, I'm just off the phone to Riola. He asked me to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, another, another player that I think... We just mentioned Chris Smalling. Um, that's obviously a player who's been on loan. I think he he, he wants to to stay at Rome at in the Serie A. Leah, would you take him back? We we mentioned we want a centre back, and this season he's been he's been brilliant. But Chris it, Smalling, yeah, would you take him back? Yeah, a hundred percent. I feel sorry for Chris Smalling, and I always have done right because he has been fortunately paired up with Phil Jones. So like when people talk about how shit Phil Jones is, they naturally say oh, Jones and Smallin. It's actually not the case. Smallin's actually quite good. Jones is actually shit, but do you see what I mean? They're they're almost like that 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 comical like cartoon pairing that people just associate one with the other. Um but, so yeah, yeah I like I like Smallin. But what I would say yeah, what I would say about Smallin is I think You've seen this season how many Premier League teams are sort of adopting a pressing sort of philosophy. Yes. With Smallin, sort of the way he turns, the way he passes, I think we're already nervous enough as it is with De Gea, Lindorf and Maguire yeah. when we try and isn't pass that, out the back. Isn't that why when Gareth Silke got the, the England job initially and he left out Smallin was because he wasn't yeah. a good ball player and he kept in Jones. He kept yeah. Jones. He brought Jones to a World Cup, I think. Madness and that. So it's, 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 I'm, I'm not disputing Smalling's yeah. defensive ability at all. I just think that I know it's nothing against Smalling. I think he's scored over 300 appearances for us. He's done really well, but I think that um, he's, he's not the ball playing centre back at all. But even Rob Dawson did a. And you're probably right because Rob Dawson did a from the ESPN did a podcast recently, and he mentioned the AC Milan defender that they're looking at, um, and it's it's they're, they're stressing that they want a centre back who's a good ball player, and that's probably the reason why. Smallin was the one picked to go on loan, um, and he, look, he—I'm delighted for him. I'm delighted he—he's—he's he, he's gone over there. Andy Mitten went over and did an, an interview with him, um, and he's really embracing the whole life over. I think he's a vegan as well, and he's interested in in his whatever he eats and stuff, and it suits suits him living over there. Um, what's that, Leah? So I've changed my mind. He can stay over there. <laughs> Yeah, that's small. I, I don't think he'd be back, but I said I'd throw him into the mix. Um, other players, I suppose Sergio Romero is one if, with the whole talk at the moment, with maybe Dean Henderson coming back. Um, there's a lot of talk about Leeds and Everton showing interest in him. He's apparently not happy at being overlooked for the hair for the FA Cup. Leah, would you be disappointed to see him go because he's been such a good servant, or is it just time? It doesn't really matter. We don't see much of him anyway. Oh, Romero? Yeah. No, I, I, I want to, I, I would love him to stay. I think like, I think he's he's up there with with one of the best backup keepers in the world. Um, I I could probably echo his disappointment that he didn't start in the FA Cup. Hmm. Um, I was disappointed to see him not start as well. Um, yeah, no, stay. I'd love him to stay. Ben. Yeah, I, I covered I covered it on the blog yes uh, the other day. Sorry, I'd I'd really like him to stay as well. I think. I think Romero knows what his position at Manchester United is. It's, it's number two. And I think if one thing that he is guilty of is he's never put pressure on De Gea, however many De Gea, mistakes De Gea has made, particularly over the last 18 months. But I think he's right to feel a bit, a bit, it was a bit unjust that he didn't get a start in the FA Cup. He played in every round before then. And De Gea had a couple, had a couple of clangers, didn't he? So 
it all depends what happens with Dean Henderson next season regarding his future. And I think that uncertainty is probably what's frustrating him a lot at the moment. Ben, a final one I want to throw to you because there was a flush of tweets about it the other night about when Leeds got promoted. Daniel James, um, to broaden the question, his first season at the club, what do you make of it? I think he's been good. I don't think... I think it's difficult, isn't it? Because he had such an amazing start uh, in August. I think that sort of distorted expectations. You've got to remember this is a... He didn't set the championship alight. He's a, he's a young player who's just coming from the championship. I think he's, he offers something different. I think you say you'd keep Wingard as a squad player. I think James would be the one I'd prioritise over that because he's got that star quality of his pace. He'd probably be frustrated he didn't get a game in the last in the last few weeks, but... Overall, he's had a good season. I can see him developing. I can see Solskjaer getting the best out of him. So, I, I, wouldn't, I would definitely wouldn't send him out on loan to Leeds next year. Leah, unjust um, criticism on social media again that people want him sold to to Leeds. It always is. It always is. Like, do do our fans not know who Leeds are? Like, why would we want to help Leeds out? Like, seriously, what is wrong with people? It annoys me. It's fucking Leeds. We hate them. Um, no, I wouldn't send him out on loan. He's not going out on loan anyway. They, 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 the, you know, his team have already they've confirmed that. But um, keep him as a, as a squad player. Let him play. Uh, you know, let him come on for half an hour at the end of games when we're winning. You know, like two or three nil and Europa League games. Um, you know, first round FA Cups. You know, all, uh, third round FA Cups. You know, all that kind of stuff. Like he, he will develop. He will get better for sure. But there's absolutely no way that people can expect him to bang in like 10 plus goals a season. He's just, he's too young and he's inexperienced. Give the lad a chance, isn't it? But don't yeah. send him leads. Fuck's sake. I, 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 I think that objective you just set for him with 10 goals a season, I think that's possible down the line. Um, yeah. I think he, he can shape into a, a really, really good player. As Ben mentioned, that star quality and pace. But also, the, 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 the broad story of Daniel James this season is, is an amazing one. Um, he's he's a really good character, quite clearly to have around the club. He's he's a hungry young player, and he came to United shortly after his um his dad passed away, scored on his debut, and what that meant to him. You know, he obviously he would have been thinking that how how proud he was making his dad and stuff. And then Ben mentioned how he wasn't exactly a star player in the championship. He made a gigantic leap to play for Man United, yeah. and he was obviously a, a young player who Solskjaer admitted this season had played more games than what they actually had planned for him at the start because they were planning more easing him in. And I've seen a lot, a lot of promise. I've seen, I've seen a lot, a lot of things too that w- w- would tell me that he's not quite ready to be, um, to be put in the spotlight as much. But the game against City before the break, um, he was a nightmare for them to, to, to contain. Um, Bruno Fernandes knew where he was every time was playing that ball down, down the flank and City couldn't keep up with him. So there, there, there's aspects of his game that even the best teams can't contain. Yeah. And I think I it's would... definitely something Soldier can work on. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I would like to see his um, his end product and his final ball, a bit of improvement there. Um, give him a clear, you know, direct sort of game plan and say, look, you know, when you come on, this is what we want you to do. Um, and I, I, I definitely think he can do a job. Definitely. I, w- I certainly wouldn't be... I'm not opposed to a loan move, but I am opposed to, to, to sending him or giving him to Leeds. Like, what is wrong with people? Why would you say that? I think yeah. it's a really good thing that he's not being managed by a certain Jose Mourinho. I, th- yeah. I, I think I think Mourinho would have under the bus several times this season. Yeah, I think William made a good point about utilising him in the Europa League as well. I think he could have a big impact in the in the tournament that restarts in a couple of weeks. I think against some tired European defences, I think he could really cause some damage um, in a couple of weeks' time. He could be one of our most important players. Yeah, no, I think it'd be interesting if we start with a young team against Lask. And, yeah. and James is almost seen as kind of a, a team veteran. Senior player. Yeah, yeah, yeah it'd be interesting. I, honestly, for the Europa League, I, would, I honestly would say to, um, to Rashford, um, Fernandez. And maybe, maybe Maguire. I would say to, and definitely De Gea. Right, your season's over. Go on your holidays. I'll see you whenever. That is what I would say. But like, they need to be rested. Like, you can see that. It's obvious. Mm-hmm. Right. So and I'm that's... Not... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Leah. 
No, I'm just gonna say I'm not even worried if we if we win the Europa League. Like I I know that might sound like bad, but I would have rather have have, have won the FA Cup than the Europa League. We're after finishing third, and you're after getting picky already. No, it's not that. I just I just I just don't think. I think uh, we've we've clearly because we've sacrificed the FA Cup, we've ke- clearly met our goal. A trophy would be nice, but I think we've got to keep it in context with with what's going to happen at the beginning of next season, and it is only a two week break. I don't want to. See, I would rather our players come back fit and fresh ahead of a brand new season rather than kill themselves trying to get to, to get to the Europa League final. I just, yeah, it's not that important. We have a lot to look forward to that Europa League resuming in about two weeks, and um, we'll have some podcasts around that. You can also support the podcast on Patreon.com forward slash Straighty News. Um, but just before we wrap it up, Ben, I'm going to get two of you to to give me your hopes. For next season, now this now the Premier League season's finished. What do you what do you expect even? This time next it's, year? it's difficult. It all, it all depends on what happens in the transfer window, doesn't it? I mean, it, you've got we, you, you, you got to put yourself on the line here. People are gonna come back to this one on this day. <laughs> you have to make a uh, prediction. <laughs> well, I, I think we're getting Sancho. So um, thirty points is difficult to make up on Liverpool, isn't yeah. it? And what is it, twenty points on Man City? I don't think we're going for a title challenge next season. I think. Bridging that gap again, and maybe getting it to 10 points, competing with them more and sort of seeing how long we can last. I think you don't want to say third again because you'd like to see a title challenge, but I think it's unrealistic unless we spend big bucks, unless we get a, a big, a good centre-back and a, a strike, uh, sorry, a forward in. But um, third in the trophy is sort of what I'd expect as a minimum. Yeah, Leah. We need to see progress. Uh, yeah, so the, the three things that I would like for next season, I think, I think a title challenge is possible. I do. I think we, uh, to echo what Ben said, we do need um, some proper marquee additions, probably a centre back and, and a more, possibly Sancho. Um, I think if if we were successful in the transfer window and, and the signings did prove um, to be good ones, I definitely think we can be looking to to push City and Liverpool. All the way. Let's not forget City squad. De- um, Liverpool squad depth isn't great either. Um, so yeah, I think I definitely think we can improve on our on our league um, position next season. We could we could you know who knows? It's going to be a weird season. Um, I would like a cup, obviously, um, but again, I think I think it's more realistically likely likely to be something like the uh, the the League Cup rather than like the Champions League, obviously. Um, I'd like to see us have a, go on a good run in the Champions League. Um, and the third thing, I'd like to see Leeds get relegated again. <laughs> I'm going to go with United to finish second. Yeah. And above Liverpool. Yeah. Okay, that's my that's my big prediction for Stuck next year. Stuck your season. neck out on the line there, Dale. Yeah, big time. I think we're going to reach the Champions League quarterfinals <laughs> and win a cup. Is uh, that on the basis of the signings, is it? On the basis of signings, yeah, and I think, as you mentioned too, I'm not too worried about going into games um, with a tactical manner of thinking Solskjaer's going to be outdone. He's proven, as you said, this season against the top teams in the league that he's got a good record. Um, and I think I think a lot, just touching that again, I think a lot of that's down to the fact that we finally have a manager the players in the pitch are fighting for um, and, and that they, 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 want, they, they want him to do well, they want him to succeed rather than a manager that's gone against the green and has players out there don't want to play for him, as we had with Mourinho. I do believe these players want to play for the manager and they're, they're going to sh- do their best. Um, and it all depends, of course, on the signings we bring in the summer. But I do think we can challenge for the title next season. I think that the impact Bruno Fernandes has shown, if you look at the table, if, if the table started in February to the end of the season, um, I'm not sure what it would have been. I think we would have been first or second anyway. But I think that's proof of the impact he's made. Now the club really must go now and back the manager. He, he Solskjaer has delivered this season. You know, he had done the best they could have done by finishing third, I believe. And they, they could almost win the, the Europa League too. So he's delivered. Now the pressure is on the board of Manchester United to back him. And I'm not too confident. I, I can't, we can't be confident that they will. Because they haven't backed previous managers. And... We need to see it. We need to see top players brought in this summer. Sancho, a top centre-back, and some padding <clears> or cushion uh, in, in midfield, and maybe even a full-back. 
You know, the club has to be serious. The club has to has to look at our position right now. And I don't I know Ben you're right, thirty points is massive. With this team, I don't think it can be made. But with the right additions, of course it could be of course it could be made. Stranger things have happened in football. Who's seen Leicester win the league three or four years ago? Nobody. It's it's definitely possible. So the question is from this podcast, Manchester United, are you fucking serious? Sports Social Podcast Network.